Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And Isaac from Resolute Man, together pursuing the mission to impact 10 million families and their legacies for the kingdom of God. We've been married for 23 years and are seeing the fruit from raising our nine children biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children as too many from Christian families are walking away from their faith by the age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. We're praising the Lord that the ministry continues to expand and impact more legacies. We couldn't do this without you, whether you pray for us, give us five-star reviews, or share on social. Or even if you purchase courses and merch or join the Be Courageous app community, enjoy the coffee or support financially. We're so thankful you are a big part of the 10 Million Legacies movement. If you want access to all the episodes, show notes, and other biblically-based resources, go to BeCourageousMinistry.org. Join us as we start another important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. So glad you're here. We're behind the scenes uh, sharing a little bit about us that maybe you've never heard before. In fact, I know some of it you haven't heard before. Yeah. I mean, some of the questions that we're going to ask each other, they the answers have changed over the years. Right? Yeah. And there's a lot going on yeah. with the ministry, too. But I think out of our stories and insights, mm-hmm. I think it may be one of the most practical and helpful episodes you've listened to in a while, mm-hmm. just because sometimes that's where the real wisdom lies in people's experiences. Yeah. You never know what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be fun. <laughs> no. So we're super excited that you're here with us today. You guys, this podcast ac- actually marks, you know, I think it was in between last week's podcast and this week's podcast was the actual date of the very first Courageous Parenting podcast that came out five years ago. And so we just wanted to do kind of a, a fun episode today because we're celebrating. Absolutely. And by the way, if you've never listened yeah. to episode one, go listen to it. It's about 30 minutes and it really talks about how to set your family up right for the new year Mm -hmm. and do some visioneering together with your children and how to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Such a good episode. But anyways, uh, we're going to get behind the scenes here in a second. You know, I think one of the things that as we've been uh, doing this ministry for five years that we've always known, but has been fun to talk about recently Mm -hmm. is that it's been all about evangelism. It really has. That's the heart of why we do what we do. It is. It's helping parents to disciple their children, which is the Great Commission. What's a a way, there's many ways, but what's a way to have an indelible impact on the world? And God put us on this journey together, five-year anniversary, and as we reflect, we're Mm -hmm. like, wow, it's really to evangelize the next generation. Mm -hmm. And how? I I believe is the most Mm -hmm. effective way to evangelize the next generation is to equip parents on how to do that from a biblical standpoint Mm -hmm. relative to the challenges that are in society today Mm -hmm. in the world they're going to be launching into and really equipping them to do that. And when I look at the numbers, numbers are just something. But when I look at the numbers, it's super encouraging because 1.1 million downloads happened so far this year from 189 countries. That's incredible, you guys. So we just want to give glory to the Lord because really this ministry is all just because we love him and we were saying yes and being obedient to something that we really believe that God was calling us to do. Stepping out in faith. You guys know some of our story with that. Um, And so we're not going to talk about that too, too much. But it really is incredible. We're about to hit 4 million downloads for five years. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's incredible. So then yeah. you, you might have seen an email or some of our you know conversations and things that you know we really feel like the Lord has prompted us towards double impact this year. Yeah, double impact with mm-hmm. the downloads, but it's deeper than that. It's much more important than that. It's the real indelible mm-hmm. impact from the courses and the free resources, the workshops, the different things that we're putting out there. And we have so much motivation. And so probably in the middle somewhere, we'll share some of those concrete things that we hope to do. Which you just mentioned something. I don't know if our listeners know we have a free parenting workshop. Biblical Parenting in a Changed World comes with a 13-page download. Go to Mm -hmm. BeCourageousMinistry.org and you'll see it right there. You can click and sign up. It is really, really powerful. It's like a 45-minute workshop. You guys, we did, Isaac and I had so much fun preparing 
for this workshop that we're excited to share it with you guys. So go go sign up for yeah. that if you haven't already. But there's so many good resources there. And then at mm-hmm. CourageousParenting.com, you can get all the show notes yeah. uh, from this and also information about the Parenting Mentor Program mm-hmm. and other courses too. So let's dive in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably several things. We're going to share our favorite scriptures in a little bit. But so there's some things you may not know about us. There's a lot of, you know, we had to learn a lot of the things that we're teaching today. And Firsthand, we're so thankful yeah. for God's uh, wisdom, for the people he's put in our path, mm-hmm. for the experiences we've had that have helped shape us to be able to do this, mm-hmm. that we didn't know we were going to be doing yeah. this. But how how cool is that? That God has a plan mm-hmm. for all of us, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're first generation homeschoolers. We're first generation homesteaders really first generation at least on my side large yeah. family oh which yeah. on you know, both sides god yeah. has a unique plan for every yeah. family so that's fine but yeah. just but we didn't know what it looked like like the whole point in telling you guys that it's interesting because when you have a big family sometimes people assume that you always set out to have a big family maybe you came from a big family and neither of us come from large families it was a new concept yeah. that gradually happened um and it was something we yeah and, yeah. and you can hear more of our testimony in one of our podcasts where we share about yeah. um, family size and things like that. But for here's here's the nutshell. Our life is truly a reflection of, of what it's looked like for us to be surrendered to the Lord and just pray each time through those decisions and following his will for our family. His will for your family may be different, but for our family. And, you know, uh, building a purposeful legacy was on our minds Mm -hmm. since the beginning. Praise the Lord. We had a lot to learn as we went. But, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm so thankful. The hardest decisions we've made were the most fruitful decisions. Hardest meaning that unpopular going against the grain of even our own Christian circles we may have been in at the time yeah. or these kinds of things, really, you know, making a hard choice about, you Me know, being a stay at home mom, lots that was of things. a huge thing. And there's numerous yeah. things. And when I think back, those hard things were worth it. I remember one point just going, is it worth it? <laughs> this yeah. intentional parenting? Yeah. Because it was costly in some cases. It cost relationships didn't have to but unfortunately that happens you know, sometimes people cost, sometimes don't want to it cost yeah. uh you know some, some finances j- finances it costs uh yeah. just uh, i don't know there was just the easier road mm-hmm. in the moment in the short term was interesting was it looked like maybe maybe it's just not worth it to go the harder road all the time and you know what we'd always come back together and go it's no, worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. The short-term pain, long-term gain. Let's go. Yeah. hundred percent. No regrets. No regrets at all. Yeah. In fact, I look back but and But that go, doesn't mean that we're perfect. Don't don't confuse the two. Just because we're saying we don't have regrets doesn't mean that we're saying that we're perfect because that's not true. Yeah. We're very, you know, we're pretty optimistic. I would say I'm a little more optimistic than Angie, but... But uh, it's, it's just we're wired a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But I'm very optimistic. I'm optimistic about this year, next year, double vision, right? I'm optimistic about all kinds of things. How can you be optimistic, people wonder, when there's so much challenge happening? I mean, civil war is trending number one on Twitter right now. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> and that's not about football yeah. either. So no. uh, That's so funny. Anyways, yeah. you know why? Well, because God's moving. And I trust God. Yeah. And I love God. And we've seen and, him be faithful throughout our lives. And there's always, yes. as the as the dark gets darker, mm-hmm. the light shines brighter. It's mm-hmm. more easy to see. More people come to, to the Lord, but more mm-hmm. people see the joy in you when there's when the world says there's nothing to be joyous about. So I think that it's yeah. an exciting time. It's a fascinating time. It's the greatest time ever mm-hmm. to be alive. Why? Because this is when God wanted me to be alive. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't I just believe it's the greatest time to be alive if that's God's plan? I should believe that because yeah. that's his plan. For you. For me. Totally. And for me, because I'm here too. Yeah. And and our kids are here. And so to trust him with our children and recognizing that he chose them to live during their generation. And we hear that, but do we actually believe it? And I think that, you know, part of that process of trusting God and choosing the hard road comes from a foundational of trusting God with our kids also. It does. And I that is a hard thing. It's not something that you do one time and then you're good to go and you've just trusted God with your kids. No, once you have children, you understand that it's a daily dying to self yeah. as a parent, whether that is dying to your own selfish desires 
dying to yourself regarding servanthood, mm. re- dying to yourself regarding faithfulness and being a consistent disciplinarian, a consistent faithful servant in your home, in your marriage, with your kids. Every aspect of life, we are met at crossroads. Yeah. I mean, things were worse. I mean, I, I was just, we just redid the set and I, and I kept this up there. If you're, I love that. You, you would have to be on YouTube or Rumble uh, to, to see, see what I'm talking video. about. Isaac's but holding there's this, there's this antique spike, and it's this one in particular because the area man is probably from a railroad tie. But this spike reminded me so much of the mm-hmm. spikes that similar spikes that are probably used to nail Jesus to the cross. And I just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, things have been tough since. Near the beginning, not the beginning, because in the garden it was perfect until sin entered oh, the world. That's true. But since near the beginning, yeah. uh, things have been really tough. And it's how Christians operate in their circumstances that dictates whether someone can see something different or not. And I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for what Jesus did for me and for you mm-hmm. and for my wife and for my children and for so many people. So there's a lot to be thankful mm-hmm. for when we really have perspective. But if we're glued to the news and the bad news, and we're not glued to the Bible, then mm-hmm. there's a problem. And mm-hmm. and that problem will persist throughout your legacy mm-hmm. into your children not having children because they won't mm-hmm. have hope in the world. So we have to be real careful about that. Okay, you just cued your first. I was going to ask you, what is one of, we're going to share, each going to share two of our right now favorite Bible verses, which is kind of hard to narrow down if you guys have ever tried that because there are so many good passages. Yeah. And of course, over your lifetime, isn't it true that certain passages just mean more to you during different seasons in your life, yeah. right? But we thought that we would just share with you guys some of the things that God's just laid on our hearts. And so what you were just talking about goes along with one of your favorite Oh, verses. James 1, 5 through 8. When I was a new believer at age 23, the book of James, of course, the book of John, it's a good book for new believers. I was reading, studying that, of course. Yes. But the book of James was so good. And I think it's just, <laughs> I think it just comes down to, to the point. I mean, James was my kind of guy, just like, to the point, say it how it is, give the truth, you know, you don't need to it. sugarcoat it. I'm like, yes, and I'm, yes, that's right on. <laughs> you know, I remember being like that as a new believer. I still love this. James uh, 1, 5 through 8, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Is wisdom worthy? Yeah, Proverbs talks about it. It's so priceless. It's so better than gold. It's amazing, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. It will be. Not maybe be given. I love that promise. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if I ask with faith for wisdom, God will give it to me. Yeah. I believe that, and I see how that belief in my life has been transformative. I don't need to operate my own strength. I don't need to know how to do everything. I don't need to look like I know how to do everything. I just need Jesus's wisdom. I need access to the divine, God's wisdom, which we all have. And then it says, a warning next, but let him ask in faith, okay, with no doubting. Well, how about just a little bit of doubting? No, it says N-O, no doubting. A little bit of doubt, you're out. I don't really like saying that because I don't want to add to the Bible. But when no means no, I think, right? It says no doubting, not some doubting. Okay, so no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. Oh, wow. Ask with faith, with no doubting, or you're not going to receive anything from the Lord. That's pretty clear, okay? And uh, for that person must not suppose you receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know, here I am, a new dad, new believer, you know, as of a year and a half or two, that must have been two years at that point when the baby was born. And I'm like, I need to be stable. I have a family now. I love God. You know, this is so important. so good. Yeah. yeah. What's one that, Just that that aspect of like being a new parent and a father specifically and going, oh, I need to be stable. How many people does that speak to right now? Yeah. Like that's actually, that that's a whole nother thing you well, could plus, be going off on. Plus, that's amazing. Plus, you know, learning how to be a dad, not yes. having those Christian father role models in my life and having to learn all this stuff. 
that I really took comfort in that because I didn't need to know embrace any insecurities. I didn't need to use any uh, excuses for my past. I didn't need to know everything all at once. I trusted that as I walked forward with the Lord, that he would give me wisdom. Mm. And he did. He does. Continues to do. He still does. It's true. You know, I also, I I am challenged by this, just the the subject of asking in faith without doubting how many people struggle with that. And, and that is a season to season, regardless of what season you're in, this scripture is so relevant, right? Because it's a challenge for us to really have faith. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. What's one of yours? Well, the first verse that came to my mind when we were talking about this was in Mark. It's also mm. repeated in Matthew, mm. but it's Mark chapter 12, verse 30, which says, I mean, well, this is the scripture that I just have to preface this. This was the scripture that motivated the writing of Redeeming Childbirth. Mm. This was the scripture that we founded the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program on. Mm. This was the scripture that we founded mm-hmm. the Courageous Marriage Series that is free in the Be Courageous app right now. Yeah. It's a six hour like mini series, if you will. And it's a verse that just keeps coming to the forefront because it's that integral, that foundational is what I mean. And so here it is. Verse 30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and Mm. with all your strength. And the second, so it was a scribe had come to him and asked him what was the greatest commandment. And that was his answer. And then he said, and the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's those, those two scriptures obviously go together and I, you can't have one without the other, Mm -hmm. which is why I think Jesus was so strategic. So, I mean, obviously he's God, right? So he's omniscient. He is all knowing. He and so he's just creative in his response. What's interesting is when you read this account, um, in here, it says they stopped asking him more questions after that answer, mm. right? And I, I love that because it really is the end all, the be all to all things. And I know that for myself, whenever I am struggling or I'm walking through a season of suffering or I'm I'm needing some perspective, when I, I go back to that verse over and over again, I preach it to myself all the time because I'm human, right? Like there are times when I'm tired, maybe my back hurts, whether we're, we've been doing something physical like homesteading or or maybe it was just carrying five kids to the swimming pool every single, like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday for eight years straight. And it's like, you get tired, right? And so there are those times where you're just like, Ugh, at the end of yourself and you have to remember and love the Lord your God with your whole mind, heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Well, right then in those moments, I'm like, okay, my little kids are my neighbors. And that was super convicting to me. It's sanctifying me because it's reminding me when I'm at the end of my flesh and I'm tired, cranky, don't have enough to even smile. Maybe I have a headache, right? No, God is sufficient. I need to love them the way he loves me. And I got to, I have to make a choice in that mm-hmm. moment. Am I perfect in this? Have I been perfect in this? No, because no human is. But that's why this verse is so good to preach to ourselves on a regular basis. It's so good. We're going to get, we're going to talk about um, some marriage stuff about mm-hmm. our own marriage that I think will give some insights. And then yeah. we're going to talk about, we're going to ask each other about our most unique experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'll be interesting. But uh, another verse, I have one more. Oh, yeah. And uh, it is uh, 1 Corinthians, I quote it a lot, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's about men. I mean, it's, it's such an important one. I mean, but uh, all of us, really. All of us, really. Yes. But yeah, I, it's helpful, especially today. Be watchful. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is watchful? On alert. Be aware. I think of also as be watchful for what's on your wife's heart. What's on your children's heart? Where are the hearts of your people and your family? Mm-hmm. And be watchful for what's grabbing their hearts away from truth, what's causing them to maybe go wayward. So be watchful. There is a spiritual battle. I think of good versus evil is mm-hmm. real, and that's happening all the time. And so are you watchful? When you're watchful, you become prayerful. You become interested in 
the power of prayer and inviting God for protection, for blessing, for overcoming, for miracles to happen, for healing and all these things. I think that ties in to being watchful, which is the first two words of this great verse. And then it says, stand firm. I'm wearing my stand firm hat. Uh, stand firm in the faith. Some people are like, what is that? It's like stand firm against, you know, left ide- ideology. I'm like, no, 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 this is stand firm in the faith, baby. <laughs> I love it. He's like, no, first Corinthians. Yeah, come on. First Corinthians. Stand 16, firm 13, in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. That's the key. They need the mug. That's what they need. They yeah. need the stand firm mug. Stand yes. firm <laughs> yeah, in the faith, most importantly. Oh, thank you. Okay. And then it says, act like men. Oh. Not boys. Not boys, not like children, men. Not babies, like men. Yeah. yeah, be strong. And then I don't let this next part out. This is so important. It has to go with it. Verse fourteen. Let all that you do be done in love. Oh, doesn't it? It's so interesting. Because it softens it. It does soften it, but it's also like, hey, if you're a man, then you can handle this next part because yeah. real men can do this all in love. Yeah, but if they don't yeah. do it in love, you're like a yeah. I mean, you can get people to take action by being a, a tyrant with your yeah. tyrant and your loud words and your manipulative yeah. words and your influential words and whatever you want to call them. You can make things happen, but is it done in love? If it's not done in love, you might be one of those religious versus relationship, relationship homes, which was last week's episode. Yep, yep, yeah. We've been learning a lot. My second verse that I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, it was hard to pick a second one, but I have been personally spending time in Romans lately. And, um, you know, it, the, the first part of Romans is really challenging. Like you, like as far as reading it to children, it's, there's a lot of things in there that there's going to ask a lot of questions if you haven't had some serious conversations, but it's very relevant to today. Um, and this is in Romans chapter eight, it's verses 12 through 15. I had a really hard time not reading before it because it all kind of goes together. So if you're encouraged by this scripture, I want to exhort you to go and read the first 12 verses above it as well. It says, so then brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Amen. That is a mark. Like that is like, I I literally think to myself in the moment, we could ask ourselves many times throughout the day, am I walking by the spirit or am I walking by the flesh? And, And to recognize that if we live by the spirit, And we are led by the spirit of God. We are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So this is talking to people who've been saved, Mm -hmm. who maybe conquered sin. They They became a new creation in Christ. This is so relevant to anyone who's been a Christian for any length of time. If you've been a Christian for a week, read this. If you've been a Christian for 20 years, you need to read this. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Mm. I love this. And then it goes on talking about becoming heirs of God and children of God. And I, I love so how powerful. it said not to fear in there. It does. And it, he did, it goes along with that first Timothy scripture that says we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all, it's interesting how when you read certain scriptures, mm. how you are reminded of other scriptures that go with it that are all throughout the whole wor- word. And it's like, it's alive and active and how relevant it is. And you just start thinking of different times in your life when those different verses were powerful. And so like for me, again, this is another verse that regardless of what season you're in in life, it's been a mainstay. It's been one of those scriptures that reminds me of who I am in God. I'm a child of God. I'm I'm not anything anyone else could ever call me, yeah. right? And, and you have to claim that with authority and not have, in order to not have fear. Hey, here's a question for you all. What's your spouse's favorite scripture and why? There's a little marriage challenge. I love that. And if that, you yeah. don't know, which mm-hmm. is okay not to know, mm-hmm. that's a great discussion to have. And if they don't know, mm-hmm. then maybe that's a good journey for them to go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is so important that we're writing 
scripture on our hearts by reading it, meditating on it. And, you know, if we don't have scriptures that really have, we can think of that have had an impact on our lives, maybe we're just Mm -hmm. forgetting what they are and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's also that we're not in the word enough. And maybe we're getting swayed and don't even realize it because we're not on the solid rock, Mm -hmm. the firm foundation uh, in our operating in this world. And there's plenty of forces that want to sway you Mm -hmm. in one direction or not. In fact, a lot of times what happens is children get older and they, they move towards liberalism and parents move away from biblical truth towards that. Mm-hmm. to match what their older children are doing. And yeah. you don't want to be that. You no. want to be so anchored. And we can love and, oh. and also <laughs> loving people, yeah. including, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, if your older children were to go waywards, loving them well mm-hmm. while standing firm in the truth. Right. We have to be super good at that no matter who it is. Well, and that's part of this scripture. Like it's, it's interesting. It says verse 13. I just want to read it again because it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think of all of the sinful flesh, like even just selfishness. Okay. Isn't it of the flesh to not forgive people? It's of the flesh mm-hmm. and we're human, right? We're mortal. So we have a fleshly um, nature and sometimes we have blind spots in our life. And that's definitely something that like for me, I would say forgiving has been a thing that I've really had to work on. I still have to work on it at times because it comes up and I'm like, wait a second, I thought I already forgave that. Why am I thinking of that again? You know, and that's because we're human actually, and we're not God, but it says for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Mm-hmm. But if by the spirit, if it says, if by the spirit, so you have to be purposeful to do this, but if by the spirit, you, so there's, it's calling us to do something. We have to take personal responsibility. If by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. So it's literally not doing those things anymore or, or choosing to do things that are the opposite of what you would do, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you struggled with holding a grudge or judging people unrightly or, um, or other sins, there's sexual immorality, there's, um, crude joking, there's jealousy, there's covetousness, there's keeping up with the Joneses, there's the comparison trap, there's, um, putting other people down to make yourself feel better. There's, there's so many sins that we could just go on. There's lying, there's deceit, there's, I'm thinking through the list that we teach on in the parenting mentor program, right? We, by the power of spirit, get to put those deeds to death. Speaking of the parenting mentor program, join us uh, for the next program. Mm-hmm. It's talk about a way to kick off the year. Get your marriage oh, yeah. aligned. Tune it up. Build a strong foundation mm-hmm. in terms of your plan for parenting biblically in an uncertain times. It takes way more intentionality than in previous generations. Even if you experience something good in your past, there's it's a different world now. It takes mm-hmm. a level of courage and intentionality that most marriages just don't naturally have. I know we didn't. We had to learn. We had to look in the Bible. We had to Mm -hmm. have mentors. We had to read. We had to learn and discuss Mm -hmm. so many marriage conversations. We had to say no to a lot of things that everybody was saying was good because we believed something was better and ended up being right. So the Parenting Mentor Program really distills down in a practical and helpful way the biblical roadmap, if you will, for parenting. And there's no perfect prescription in it. More what it does is it causes the right marriage conversations to happen and it causes you to have the right perspective of what to be doing with your children so you're tending to their hearts. Mm-hmm. So you have their hearts. So you stay in position of mm-hmm. most important w- resource for wisdom other yeah. than the Bible right. and the Holy Spirit. So no, awesome. it's so important. So anyways, join us, CourageousParenting.com for that next one. Over 3,000 parents join the movement of really having that foundation. Okay, let's yeah. go into marriage uh, next. Ange, what's your uh, favorite kind of date night? Well, I think I've shared this. I know I've shared it like at least in the app when we've done Q&As and done like marriage Q&As and stuff like that. But I am also a vision visionary and mm. I love planning, thinking ahead, dreaming. And so I love our visioneering date nights, which we talk about that in the first um, so podcast. You're, so also. you're telling me. What? More than any other kind of date night. Yes. You like the visioneering ones the very, very most. I do. All right. 
I do. I mean, I even like them over the get dressed up and go out to a nice restaurant anniversary. Like, I don't know. I just love that. But but I will say that you're wired that way, too. And so a lot of our date nights, we end up talking about that kind of stuff. And so they're all my favorite. (laughs) It's woven in a little bit. But, you know, I I really because we're so moving fast and there's so much going on. I love chilling. You love the relaxing date. No, I love it. I'm a visionary and I love, you know, initiating visioneering dates and stuff like that. We do those all the time. And I like those. That's true. But I really love love, uh, doing, you know, fun things and hanging out or just having, talking and having coffee. That's great. Yep. It's It's fantastic. A little space. As long as it's good coffee. This is good coffee. I have to confess something to you guys. Um, You know, we have our Be Courageous coffee that we started this last year. We're ruined, aren't we? We're ruined. We literally are ruined. It's almost terrible because I don't buy coffee when we go out to restaurants anymore. I think there's only been one place that I've gone to that I've liked the coffee, but what's worse is that they didn't have non-dairy creamer. So then I was kind of ruined on that regard. You know what happened? We were actually at a restaurant and the coffee was so good. And then one of the owners came over and this was just God's provision, I think. One of the owners came over and oh, started geeking out about the coffee, and then he brought the beans over, it's li- and he's talking about, and then he talks about how they're from Italy, and this is his family business, the coffee business. He yep. also owns the restaurant, and and then we just get into this conversation. He gives us the beans, we bring it home, we grind we it, we it. make yeah. it, and it's like, and I'm like, hey, can we have a meeting? I wanna. I wanna sell your I want, coffee. I wanna. <laughs> sell, I want. I want that to be be courageous. That needs to be be courageous coffee. Yeah. It's so good. So we partnered with them. Anyways, it, I am ruined though. We're supposed the to be talking about so date good. nights. Okay, but no, I yeah. I mean, well, we try to get coffee on date nights, and this that's been something corner. we haven't find, been able to do. You find that little corner in a restaurant, or yeah, a little yeah, corner yeah. somewhere. New new restaurants. I like seeing new restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, having a good time together. You know, I I'm looking forward to when mm-hmm. she goes go karting with me next. I just have to finish my chiropractor stuff because I'm worried about my back. But that is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm excited about is Mm. our good friends that are opening up their coffee shop here in the Treasure Valley. We're getting a new Cavista here. Cavista Eagle. You guys, if you're in the Treasure Valley or if you're in Bend, Oregon, there's a Cavista there. That was their first one. We love Cavista. So we do day nights there. We will. Well, we will be. Yeah. We used to when we lived in Bend. Yeah. Anyways. So anyways, yeah. that's cool. So date nights. You know, what is what is your favorite country we visited? Okay. So people may not realize this. This is something that we haven't actually talked a lot about. Um, well, hang so, on. Before you... Yeah, go ahead. I'll yeah. Go, so, go ahead. so when we were first married, what was it? The first 14 years of our marriage-ish, we did a lot of traveling. Yeah, we would go on a you know at least a once a year trip. It seemed like unless your pregnancy was in a too close, too to close, when the trip and then we'd was. skip a year. And yeah, so yeah, but, but we did so do we've been every. We've been to France. We've been to London, we, England. We've been to Spain, Venezuela. No, you went to Venezuela. Yeah, Prague, Argentina. Argentina. Um. Yeah, we've been to Czech well, Republic, Rome. Hawaii was fun, but that's not another yeah, country. Hawaii, it seems yeah. like another country, no. but it's not. It's the U.S. But oh, but we've been all over. Um, what's your favorite out of all of those? Italy. Hands oh, down. Hands down. Hands yes. down. Italy you know is what? my favorite country to visit. I know it's changed mm-hmm. a bit. I don't know. There's lots of, uh, immigration and things like that, but I still think Italy's amazing. That was Just, like 10 it's years It's so ago. old. So yes. much history. Um, actually artwork, that was architecture, years ago. Uh, that was cute little coffee shops and, yeah. You know, walking all over the place, mm-hmm. renting a car that is the smallest car you can possibly rent, and it still doesn't feel like it fits in the little alleyways and streets. Yeah. And, um, so no, fun. you really did love that. And then we went to the UK. Remember, we went, we drove up the Rock of Gibraltar. That was really fun. I I think that honestly, though, my favorite. I love hot beaches, so it's like a toss between the sandy beaches in Mexico and when we went to Saint Lucia on our honeymoon. Yeah, I really still love that. That was fun. You know, uh, we haven't done a lot of traveling outside of the United States in the last 10 years, actually. We haven't done, really done any. Mm-mm. No, we've been RVing with RVing. our kids, it's which been, has been It was been the really RV awesome. season all throughout the U.S. We well, was, we got our RV 12 years ago now, more than that. It was yeah. a 2010. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, and that was amazing because mm-hmm. we could just go take and work from the road cheaper. and yeah. do things. And that was great. Okay. So we did date nights. And how about... 
Um, Marriage challenges. Mm. Oh, we thought that it would be maybe encouraging for you guys to hear us share what some of our marriage challenges over the last 24 years have been. You know, overall, it's been amazing. And yeah. um, we've always been rock solid, in my opinion. And <laughs> and we never have used the divorce word, even in our vocabulary. Yeah, we don't believe uh, in it. Don't believe yeah. in that. I didn't believe in marriage until I met Angie. And then I became a Christian. And then mm-hmm. I believed in marriage, understood mm-hmm. it. But for me to believe in marriage, you know, I, that word it can't be used. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyways, you know, I think that our big challenge, though, is when I was building a company and it was struggling mm-hmm. and I just got, I got caught up, even though I understood it was important not to be caught up in it. I had payroll to pay for 40 plus employees and, and the mm-hmm. pressure and the challenges of that uh, with a business partner too. And all that stuff was really hard mm-hmm. for me to be a hundred percent present with my family and make sure that we survived because really in my mind, if that didn't make it, it felt like, even though it wasn't real, sometimes us men get in the caught in this, these myths, but I, I felt like my financial life would be over forever. You almost feel like that because everything's well, we right invested it. everything in it. everything's yeah. on it. So, so much went into it and I felt so terrible if, if we lost that and also it would be financial devastation. So that ended up being financial devastation, but God took us out of that and ended up being really sweet. But during that, there was probably <laughs> That's a very short way of putting it. There was probably a <laughs> year guess. and a half where our marriage really was it was it was just hard. There was not enough communication. There was miscommunication, mm-hmm. misinterpretation, uh, not having accurate perceptions between one another. And part of it was literally that we weren't spending enough time together. Time was so Time important. was huge. And because he was building that business and like we had talked about it and we were a team like making the decision to move forward. But I think that I assumed that the sacrifice of time would just be for a shorter season and not so many years. I thought so too, actually. And that really, that... You know, it just took its toll long term, especially having we had six kids at the time. And um, but God brought us closer through that um, that I had some I had some brothers in Christ that pulled me aside and just said, you got to stop. You got to stop. And so, you know, could the company have made it? Maybe. Probably not. I mean, God was was providing every month. But 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 I we stopped it. And uh and that was the right thing. Yeah. And so it's interesting because people thought that that was like the beginning of maybe the the marriage struggles, like from my perspective. But I, that was actually the beginning of when it got better. Better in than my ever, mind, actually. Because better I felt, than ever. Yes. And it was really good before that year. Yes. But I, but I really believed, though, that he was choosing us over the business, whereas the past year and a half, I had felt like he was choosing the business over us. This and ministry so, yeah. would have never happened if that other thing succeeded. I'm nope. pretty confident in that. No, it's true. It wouldn't have. And I wouldn't have had the time to continue just doing ministry the way I was on my own. So maybe that encourages you if you're mm-hmm. dealing with a tough time. God has a plan. He has a path. And what's what mm-hmm. I, the most important thing is that you stick, stand firm in the faith, mm-hmm. trusting the Lord, walking strong with the Both Lord, yes. surrender to the Lord, no pride, communication, Mm -hmm. and God will take you out Mm -hmm. of that into something more beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, But make sure you ask. Remember the James 1, 5 through 8 with no doubting? Yes. Ask with faith. So the second, you know, challenge, I would say it's been a a fruitful challenge also because every challenge can be according to James 1, the 2 through 4. If you go and read the first week, count it all joy, my brother, when you meet trials of various kinds. Um, because it produces perseverance and character and hope, right? Love that one too. And I, I love that verse. Anyways, um, you know, having children. It, we did not set out to have nine children. We've had 11 pregnancies. We did not have that modeled for us. We didn't really know any families that were big families at first when we got married. No. Like I didn't know any families that had more than I remember this kids. one leader in the same biz, biz, kind of business I was doing that had six children and he was an author. And I remember looking up to him and going, wow, how does he, he do, do all of that? 
And of course, his book was about spinning multiple plates at the same time and time management yes. and business and stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't happen all at once. It's one kid at a time. Right. Capacity grows. You learn. But yeah, the wrestling, I mean, wrestling, the with, wrestling, should we, should, but, we, should we, you know, yeah, keep going with more kids of, and that kind of thing? It's a different kind of marriage challenge, if you will, in the sense of like, it was never a cookie cutter answer because of health issues, because yeah. of the sacrifice that it really was on our family. Um, and part of it was also the lack of help. You know, you know, when we had our first six kids, we lived in Portland, but any family that was close by was working full time. Right. And so, um, it, we really had to like choosing to have more children was, you know, and also keeping our marriage first meant we wanted to have date nights. So we would invest in babysitters, mothers, helpers, nannies, and we I found think, really good people, but it was yeah. always like this, you know, there, there were many aspects. And I, I wanted to share that with you guys, because I think sometimes when you look at big families or anybody that's doing ministry, that's talking about you know, family life, you can assume that it just was easy for them. You can assume that they always knew or they were confident or they mm. were always on the same page. And and that's just not a good assumption. At least for us, that was not the that wasn't our journey. God had more refining to do in us. His spirit had more work to do in me and in Isaac as we were constantly. Hey, I remember uh two kids um, it seemed too hard to go anywhere because I was so used to, it was, I still remember when you and I could just jump in a car and do whatever we wanted, Right. go, go out to eat wherever we wanted, go mm -hmm. to move. We loved eating. And I remember when we were just oh, newly yeah. married and going out to nice restaurants, uh, doing whatever we wanted to do. We used to jump in and, your fun convertible. Yeah. And I, right and off. I remember, you know, mm -hmm. the second baby came around, of course I loved him and both kids dearly, but I remember just the, the time it took to buckle them in. <laughs> buckle two kids in i remember just i don't know why but i have this memory of being frustrated of being selfish yes self-focused like it took everything took more time or kids crying in the restaurant because they're little and and being frustrated i remember those early early moments and i'm so thankful that god has worked those things out now i still get frustrated about different things but you know yeah but but to to see that selfishness dismantle over time. Oh yeah. Was and really to see important. The growth. And I think that's really the special thing. Like I know that for me, I can pinpoint things that I've seen growth in you in, and I'm yeah. sure you've seen growth in yeah. me as well. Um, but just in regards to patience, you know, sometimes I talk to moms who are like, Oh, I could never homeschool. I'm not patient enough for that. That's m the most common thing that I hear on a regular basis. And mm. I'm like, well, Patience isn't like a prerequisite for homeschooling. I feel like you grow in your patience as you're challenged to be patient, um, as you are surrendering and leaning into the Lord. And and there are situations where you lose patience, right? Or you get challenged in your patience, and then you're at a crossroads where you have to either have self-control in the flesh or you can have self-control in the spirit. Um or you don't, right? Like there's three ways that can go. And it's a growth process. I think it would took me three kids. Once the third child came, I just go, I'm just all in. I surrender. I'm just dad. <laughs> That's it. I'm just all in. That's going to be my life. You're so funny. And I, but I remember that. I remember like just going, you know what? No, this is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. This is the journey that God has me on. And not too far after that, I'm like, hey, let's have our fourth. Yeah, it wasn't until after our fourth where I was like, uh, I think I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> I had a colicky baby, and it was it was hard. Now um, I'm 47 with a two year old. It's awesome. You're actually 48, babe, but that's okay. Oh, am I still in last year? <laughs> you are <laughs> 48. I'm closer to 50 now. That's gonna be sweet. Well, that's good because. You know, we are grandparents. We're expecting our second grandchild. In I a love getting, months. I've always loved yeah. getting older. I still love getting older. I still love it. It, he, is, so it is true. He is good. that way. It is so great. Uh -huh. I okay. don't know if I love getting older. I love the grandbabies. Another marriage yeah. challenge is just time. We find a way to get time, but it is really hard for us to communicate mm -hmm. unless we hide somewhere. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's why we do this podcast, just so you know. So we can have time no, together. We, no, find, we find ways to do it. Our kids are very respectful yes. and very good about it. Yeah. But we still do have three little, so they are working on the respect thing. Yeah. Um, how about unique experiences? Let's finish it with unique experiences. Hmm. 
you know, what's what's probably if, oh, if you got to go first, because I'm thinking while you share. How's okay. that sound? I think a unique experience for me. I never met my uh, real dad. And then I found out that he was uh, going to be depicted in this movie. Remember the Titans? And just a couple years after I found out about him, maybe more like four years after, six years, five years after. Um, we were together by the time and we you were, found out. We were together. You were pregnant mm-hmm. with our first. Yeah. And uh, went to the premiere of the movie. Denzel Washington spoke and there was politicians there and we sat with the players, mm-hmm. the real players uh, depicted in the movie and, and the coaches. And that, it was, it was, it was really pivotal for me because we went to the ES, they rented out the ESPN zone, I think afterwards. Yeah. And I went and sat with coach Boone and Yost and they shared in the, one of the little round things, mm-hmm. little benches, we sat together and he, they shared about my dad. So that was really sweet to mm-hmm. hear from the coaches he was a he was a starting player mm-hmm. and so forth, mm-hmm. and then in the, the year the movie was depicted, and then uh, and then walking around, one of the co- uh, players walked me around and introduced me to the other players uh, during this social thing, and they all shared something about my dad. So, mm-hmm. anyways, that was I think epic, right for me. I mean, for you to sit and hear stories about the dad that you never met from guys that he hung out with, played with, were comrades with. That was cool. That's unforgettable. And that's just really precious time. Yeah. You know, when there's you're grabbing at straws for information about your dad and Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really sweet. Um, yeah, that was and that was awesome that I got to witness that and be a part of that. Yeah. On a small scale. We had a six week old, so I spent some time pumping in the ESPN zone bathroom. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, yeah. But I would say a unique experience for me. Many of you guys probably know that I did do mission work overseas in Turkey um, in Karikoy, which is like the outskirts of Istanbul. Um, and uh, that was before I met Isaac. I was 19. So this was 1998, mm-hmm. 1998. And um, the, the part that I want to share with you that was, I mean, all of the entire time I was there is impactful. Coming home was impactful. Um, it really mm-hmm. inspired me to really focus on the Great Commission in my own hometown and realizing that I'm a missionary wherever I go. It's not like you put down your Bible or you you take off your your passion like it's a coat. You don't take off your passion for Christ and sharing the gospel with other people like it's a coat and hang it up on the shelf. No, like it's part of who you are Yeah, because you love him. And I remember coming home from that and being like, this place, the spiritual warfare, it's the same as in Turkey. It's just I've been desensitized to it. Now God is opening my eyes to it. And I became really aware of that. Um, But one of the really fun, unique experiences that I think is kind of rare, not a lot of people experience this, I got to walk through six of the seven churches of Revelation the last few weeks of being in Turkey, being overseas there. And I'm telling you, I was doing a Bible study through Ephesians. I was reading front to cover of Ephesians and, and it was taking me, you know, into Acts chapter 17, where it talks about the library of Celsus. And then I'm standing in the library of Celsus Mm. in Ephesus. And I'm looking at the statues of Aphrodite and all these different Greek gods. And like, it Mm. just brought the Bible to life in a whole new kind of level, looking over the terrain, walking on some of the trails, walking during the the place where the different apostles had been. Like, it just was like crazy to me, right? Like going to Thessalonica, for example, and Lady Osea and, and the pools that are like calcified with the calcium deposits where they have all these pools and they're lukewarm basically. And people come from all over the world to wade in these pools. And what's interesting about it is that they're not cold and they're not hot. They're like lukewarm, kind of like you can't tell that you're in water. It's very odd. But then when you read in Revelation where Paul is exhorting the church of Lady Osea and he's saying, don't be lukewarm. I'd rather you be cold or hot, you know, don't be lukewarm when I spit you out. He's literally referencing something that the people of that region fully understand. But when you're reading the scripture, you're like, well, that's an interesting analogy. Why did he use that analogy, right? But when you actually are there and you're up on this hilltop looking down on the city, you get it. And that was right before we met. Like you were on that mission trip and you came home, right? Yeah. And then and I then, went to Mexico on another mission trip and then I met you. So yeah. two in that summer and then yeah. met me. And then she was sharing very shortly after I met her. She's sharing Jesus with me. And I'm super skeptical, but I'm really into her. 
And she and then she shares. <laughs> she has this little picture book, and she's sharing pictures of these of Turkey, Turkey and Mexico and, and a journey. I, I, remember I asked you what your purpose in life was. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, and then the police showed up. Yeah, but that's they're another like, story. Well, they're like, "What are you guys talking about so late?" And we're like, "I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm sharing with him about." And I start evangelizing. To it wasn't the, the best area of town of Portland, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, he was just worried about me. It's about two funny. in the morning. But it was neat because we got to. I got to share part of the gospel with the police officer. <laughs> it was cool. Wherever she went, she was sharing the gospel. She was contagious for Christ, that's for sure. I didn't even know Christ, but she was. She had something different in her, the Holy Spirit. But it was super, just the Lord seemed supercharged to me. But, you know, we've had a lot of unique experiences in our lifetime. We've lived a life, that's for sure. And we're super thankful for it. Maybe you kind of chuckled as we reminisced on some of those memories. I think our first grandchild is an experience that we're sharing right now that is super special. It is mm. just really special. We yeah, look forward we to having her all the life. grandchildren coming. Mm, and visiting, yeah. Taking care of them. Well, hey, I hope you got some nuggets out of there. Don't forget that marriage challenge. What's your spouse's favorite scripture? Right now. And why, though? I think the why is the real good discussion. Mm. No, it's good. And thank you to every one of you who's been around listening to the podcast for a while. You guys, there's so many great episodes in all of the seasons as we're going to be heading into a new season again soon, I'm imagining, because we are... This is our fifth anniversary, right? Absolutely. And so thank you to all of you who have been with us all these five years. And to those of you who've joined us in the last year, there's so much that we want to share with you guys. And we're happy you're here. Hey, thanks for listening and being a part of the 10 Million Legacies movement. Go to BeCourageousMinistry.org for more biblically-based resources, ways to switch where you spend your money that support the mission, and information about the incredible Be Courageous app community for believers. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video session with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program. We cover everything from tending to their hearts, handling obedience to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private group in the Be Courageous app, live webcasts, and direct access to us. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at BeCourageousMinistry.org. That's BeCourageousMinistry.org.